Welcome to the Sales Made Simple podcast. It's for women just like you who want to make more money and grow a business that allows you to create an awesome life for you and your family. Money won't buy happiness, but it sure does help. I've spent 15 years working in sales and I've seen the good, the bad and the ugly. So each week I'll break down all the strategies that you need so that you can attract your ideal client with ease, be booked out with paying clients and make consistent sales each month without a hint of sleaze, desperation or being the slightest bit pushy. Sales really is simple when you know how and I promise you, if you implement what I teach each week, you'll end up loving sales. So let's dive straight in, let's overcome your fears and let's learn just how simple selling really is. Welcome to another episode of Sales Made Simple. How are you? How are you doing? Thank you for all your lovely messages this week on Instagram. Lovely to hear from you. Lovely to hear all your lovely feedback about the podcast. I feel I feel very touched. Thank you very much. Um, if you want to come and message me, I love to hear from you. I love to hear like who's listening and who you are and what you do. So come and find me on Instagram. This is Helen Walker. Today I'm going to talk about a topic that uh, that I love talking about. I say this every week, don't I? But um, I'm going to talk about sales, how to make sales without feeling scared, sleazy or desperate, because I have felt all of the above on many occasions. Um, luckily, I don't feel like that anymore. So I'm going to tell you exactly what I did so that uh, and, and what I tell my clients to do as well, so that you can hopefully take some of this and um, not feel sleazy or desperate when you sell. So I'm going to start with a little story, if I may. I'm going to, I don't want to make it all about me, but uh, I am going to start with a story about me. So when I first, I've always worked in sales. So even, I think I was 14, I got a job on Doncaster Market selling fruit and veg. So I was that person that used to shout, come and get your potatoes, two for two pound. That was me. So uh, I've had a, I've had an all round experience to sales, shall we say? Now, when I got me, I'm doing air quotes. I do this a lot, don't I? But um, when I got my first corporate job, it was um, it was in sales. I, I, I did recruitment, and um, I was brilliant at it. I was so good at it, and I couldn't. Everything I touched seemed to turn to money. And everyone's going, oh, you're a natural born salesperson, which load of rubbish. Um, but I was re- I was really good at it. And um, I used to be at the top of the leaderboard. So we had this, this spreadsheet that would get sent around every week. And it was all um, rankings in terms of how much money you generated for the business. So massive business, UK wide table. And I was always like one of the top three, like the top three in the, the spreadsheet. I was either at the top, number two or number three. And that never changed the whole time I was there. And I'm not saying this to brag, you know, but why not? Why shouldn't I say, actually, I was really good at it. Um, I won holidays. I won handbags. I won boating trips. I, I, I went all over on all little jaunts. And um, when I, oh, ma- massive bonuses, when I set up my business, I thought, because I have actually, <laughs> I've done quite a few various different coaching roles, but when I set up my first business, um, I thought, well, this is not going to be hard. Is it? It's not going to be hard to make sales. Like I've made millions in sales. Like how how can I fail to to not make sales? 
Now, what happened? The reality was the reality was very different to what I expected. So I thought I'll just just go in and bear in mind, my first business was recruitment because that's a whole other podcast. But loads of mindset gremlins. Oh, that's all I can do. I'll just have to do recruitment. I can't do anything else. What am I going to do? So I did recruit. I didn't want to do it, but I just wanted my own business. And that felt like the obvious step. So I was like, I'm literally picking up what I was doing for a company. And I'm just going to do it for myself. Like, how, how can I not make the same amount of money? The reality was I didn't make a penny. Six months went by, didn't make a penny. And I was starting to think, oh, my God, I was living on my own. So I was paying all my own rent. And, you know, I was like, oh, my God, what, you know, my savings are really dwindling here. I thought, what? What is what is happening? What what has changed? And what I realized was I started to buy in to my own lies, my own story that I was telling myself. So for a long time, the company I'd worked for, um, talk about toxic cultures, but they kind of brainwashed us into thinking the only reason you're successful is because you work for us. The only reason you work for us is because we've got this awesome brand and we spend all this money investing and we attract the best clients and da-da-da. When I look back, I'm like, what a load of BS. Like I was going, I was building new desks. So new areas that these companies have never, never been in before. And I was going and finding all the clients and I was finding all the candidates. I was, I was building it from scratch. This idea about this brand, total BS. However, I'd been brainwashed over years that, yeah, that's, that's entirely why I was successful. It was nothing to do with me at all. I was literally you know, the person that sent the invoice, utter rubbish, but that's, that's what I'd kind of been drip fed. And that's what I believed. So when I left, I'd got all this ridiculous story, these lies polluting my mind. So I was like, well, why is, why is anyone going to work with me? Why would anybody in their right mind work with me when they can go and work with the company? I just left. Why would they choose to work with me? And then I had to have like money conversations. So before, if I had to talk to a client about rates, I'd say, look, this is the company policy and, you know, I can only discount to this much and da-da-da. So it was really easy because it wasn't my money. I know it's it's this is all just mindset, but it just didn't feel like my money. Now, I was basically saying, right, it's going to cost you 20 grand for me to find this person and you're going to give all that money to me. Suddenly... It was like, well, am I worth 20 grand? Because of course I didn't see that 20 grand. It got paid into a, you know, the corporate account. And then I got it as a salary and a, a bonus. I didn't get 20 grand, but you know, I didn't get all that 20 grand. Um, so now I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm not worth that. So all these money mindset little gremlins came up and I realized actually the, the story that I was telling myself was impacting the actions that I was taking. So I was telling myself, well, you know, no one's going to buy from me. I'm not that good. It's greedy to make all that money. Um, you know, can I really make a difference? Uh, no one's going to pay me that much. So I kept reinforcing this message. I kept telling myself, so I was literally hypnotizing myself that this message was true. So of course, I didn't take any action, did I? I didn't go out there and really sell myself. I didn't say, you know, you want to work with me because I'm great at this and da, da, da. Yeah, I wouldn't sell me stuff. I didn't show up. I wasn't visible. I'd send a few emails and that was it. Well, of course, you know, when you, um, when you have that action, what results do you get? Well, you don't really get 
many results. You're just full of anxiety. You're full of worry. You're not showing up as like the authority. Clients don't trust you because they can sense that doubt in you. They can sense that you don't really believe what you're saying. You know, I'm not, I'm not compelling clients to work with me. So I didn't have any sales. Worse still, these people I was pitching to, because they, because that I was coming across with loads of doubt, which I didn't in my corporate days, because I just knew how good I was. I was coming across with loads of doubt because now I'm on my own. I've got this story going around in my head. So clients are going, yeah, we, we don't think you're the right person to help. So what would they do? They'd go and work with my competitors who weren't as good as me. They weren't as experienced as me, but they were just selling a, a better game. They were selling a, a more confident solution. So these people were buying into that and go, well, that, that's the person that should help me. Unfortunately, it ain't Helen. So if you want to be good at sales, I have realized over the years, you've got to master your mindset. So when I first started, you know, my sales job, I was young and I, you know, my mind wasn't as polluted as it as it was with all these unhelpful beliefs. And, you know, I was young and I was like, well, you know, who cares if this don't work out? I've got, you know, I was in my twenties. It didn't really matter. In my thirties, late thirties, it's it was suddenly all different. So, you know, if you want to be good at sales, you've got to master that that mindset first. I can give you all the sales techniques in the world. There is no point unless you get your mindset sorted. Because if you're not going to go out there and show up and you're not going to feel confident and you're not going to be an authority, no one's going to buy from you anyway. Don't matter what sales technique you use. So first, we've got to change how we think about selling. We've got to change how what we think about sales. Because if we don't sell, we won't make money. I know you don't need me to tell you that, but if we're not selling, if we're not out there being visible, people don't know about us, we're not going to make any sales. Now, sales is not magic. It's not some kind of voodoo uh, magic. You can't force people to buy stuff. It's it's not sleazy. It's not desperate. But what we do is we make it feel that way because we put the spotlight on us. So I use what I call the sales spotlight exercise. And I use this with my clients. I'll say, okay, let's look at how you sell now. So when you sell, when you're on the phone or you're doing a live video, whatever, you're talking about your offers and stuff. Who are you thinking about? And it's always thinking about themselves. They're always going, am I good enough? Can I make a difference? Am I really worth the price I'm charging? Will they pay it? What if they ask for a refund? How will I feel? What if she says no? What if she don't like me? What if she don't want to work with me? It's all about us. We can put the spotlight on us. We have to turn that spotlight and we have to put it on our clients. Because imagine the difference, difference, if you have a different approach, what different results you'll get. So if you're sat with somebody, okay, and you're going, right, what's this person struggling with? You know, what problems are they experiencing? How's that impacting them? Can I help with this problem? Can I help them create a better life, a better health, a better future, better career, better money, whatever it is that you help them with? Can I remove that problem for them? Because then what we're doing is we're we're being of service. We're being helpful. We're not selling to them. We're going, this person's got a problem and I can potentially help take it away. Now, all we're doing when we're selling, imagine, imagine a river, if you will, just humor me here. Imagine a river and it's got, you know, water running through it. It's all, it's a big torrent and you can't get across 
but you know how to build a bridge to get from A to B. So A is where your ideal client is now with all their problems and they haven't got a solution and it's impacting their life and it's impacting their finances and their career and their relationship. But you know, on the other side of the bank at point B is the promised land, is where they want to get to. It's life is good. The problem's gone. They're living their best life. And you know how to get them there. So when we're putting a load of free content out there and we're telling people how we can help and what we need to do and, you know, giving them free guides and doing free workshops and all that stuff, what we're doing is we're luring them in. Okay, want of a better word. We're luring them in and we're going, I can get you across the bridge. So we, we, we build half a bridge with all of our free stuff and then we get them. So they're literally over the torrent of water and they can see the solution, they're like, there it is. But they still don't know how to get there because people will only get so far with free content, with free stuff. We all know, particularly as coaches, a lot of the value that we deliver is in the support, is in the accountability, is in them actually taking action, doing the stuff that they need to do. We can all get loads of knowledge from YouTube and everywhere. Knowledge is, is we're drowning in knowledge. What we need is support to get to the other side. Now, if you just show up with your free content, what you're doing is basically leaving them halfway across the bridge. And the only way for them is to jump into that torrent of water. And they're like, but I don't, I, what do I do now? Like you've, you've told me I need to do this. You've told me this is why I've got this problem. You've told me this is what I need to do. Right. I'm ready. But if you're not explicitly saying, right, do this now, click this link and buy this. Here's a course, here's a program, here's a workshop, here's a one-to-one -one session, here's a power hour. If you're not telling them what to do, you're leaving them hanging on the bridge. So we don't tell them, we don't sell because we think, oh, we don't want to be desperate, we don't want to be needy. We've got to turn the spotlight from us and forget about how we feel. It's about how, how our clients feel. They've got a problem that we can solve. If we don't sell, we are not solving that problem. We are doing them a disservice by not saying, hey, Look, if you've enjoyed this free content, this is what you need to do next. This is how you solve this problem. It's up to you what you do with it. If they buy or they don't buy, that's nothing to do with you. In the nicest possible way, if they decide that actually they don't want to take your advice for whatever reason, that's, that's nothing to do with you. That doesn't mean that your program's crap. It doesn't mean that you're rubbish. It doesn't mean that you can, you're not a great coach. It just means for whatever reason, they're not ready to buy. They can't afford to buy. They haven't heard enough to believe it will work. They don't believe in themselves enough to believe that they can do it. They haven't got the finances, whatever. Most of the why people say no has nothing to do with us. We have to just detach from the outcome. Now, imagine if your friend came to you and said, oh, God, you know, I've got the worst toothache in the world. It's agony. I can't go to work, which is awful because I was up for a promotion, but it all depended on me getting this piece of work done. I was going to get a big bonus. So that's gone because I can't get into work. I'm in that much pain. I keep snapping at my husband and, you know, John's really annoyed that I keep biting his ear off for no reason. The kids are really annoyed because I ain't got time to do their reading with them and sit down and talk to them because I'm just in bed all the time. I mean, I'm in absolute agony. It's, it's impacting every area of my life. So you found out what their problem is, right? And you said, right, 
Well, and you know that there's a solution. You know that there's this awesome cream that once you put it on your tooth, toothache just disappears. It's like magic. And you know that if you get yourself down to Boots, you can buy some of this cream. And you think, well, it's 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 pricey, it's expensive, but my God, does it do the trick. Now, would you think, I won't tell her though, I won't tell her about this cream because God, I would hate to feel sleazy. I would hate to think, I would hate to think I'm being desperate and pushing this cream onto her. Let's just hope that she finds it. Let's just hope that she stumbles on the website and she finds it. Because that's what we do when we're not selling. We're just hoping that people know that we're selling something. Or, dear, go, Julie, get yourself down to boots. What are you doing? There's a cream. It's 35 quid. I know it's expensive, but it will do the trick. It will take away the pain instantly, which means not only will you not be in pain, you can get back to work. You can do the report. You can get your promotion, get your bonus. You can get back on track with John because you won't be biting his ears off. So home life will be harmonious and you can spend quality time with the kids. All your problems solved. Now, whether Julie, what did I call her? Whether Julie goes to Boots or not to buy the cream is none of your business. She may go, oh, it won't work for me because that's what a lot of us do. Oh, I can't do it. Won't work for me. I'm not good enough. That's a lot of the reason people don't buy because they don't believe in themselves. Oh, it's too expensive. Our boiler's just broken. Actually, I'm going to have to be in pain because I've got to fix the boiler. Uh, she can't be bothered to go to Boots. There is a million and one reasons why she might not buy that cream. Now, she might rush off and go, thank you so much. You are absolute gem. You've solved all my problems. But whatever she does, whatever action she takes is none of our business. Our job is to inform her of the solution, is to go, here it is. This is why I think you should take it. This is the problems that it solves. This is how you buy it. This is how much it costs. Click this link, sign up. That's all we are doing when we're selling. In our content, in our sales calls, stuff we put on the internet. We are just saying, I understand your problem. I've listened to to your problem. I understand, you know, I'm, I'm sympathetic to your problem. Here is a solution. What you do with that information is entirely up to you. Now, we've got to remember all of this whilst understanding that our mind will send us mixed messages. Our mind will create so much self-doubt because unfortunately, this is how we are wired. As humans, we are hardwired to avoid rejection. Now in business, rejection is inevitable. It is going to happen. And if you can't face rejection, I would say get back to the corporate world because rejection will happen every week, every day sometimes. People will say no. Or people will say no more than they say yes, certainly in the early days. And we've got to build a resilience to this. Now, rejection is inevitable. Sometimes when people say no, it's a no, not right now. I can't afford it right now. I'm not ready right now. I don't feel like it'll help me right now. I'm not convinced it'll help me. I'm not convinced you're the right person right now. So I've, I've spoken to so many people who've gone, yeah, love your program, but I'm not going to sign up. Okay. It's up to you. Who've signed up three months later, sometimes three years later, but that's up to them. Everybody will buy when they are ready. Does it mean if someone says to me, I don't, I'm not going to sign up to your program, does it mean that it's rubbish or that I'm no good 
or I can't make a difference. Absolutely not. It means that they, for whatever reason, have chosen not to take action. That's up to them. But we are hardwired as humans to avoid rejection. And the reason being is that rejection triggers your survival instinct. That flight or fight um, instinct is triggered when we are rejected. Because when time began and we lived in, you know, tribe lived, living in caves, your survival depended on staying in that tribe. So if you were kicked out of that tribe for any reason, for not pulling your weight, not being a good team member, whatever reason, you were on your own. So you face the elements alone. You had to find food alone. You know, and bearing in mind you're catching a buffalo, you know, on your own, that's quite a hard task. You can't reproduce. You've got no companionship. Your survival depends on being part of a group. You couldn't have survived on your own. So this hardwiring was designed to make sure that if there was any threat of being kicked out of our tribe, now tribe might, might have been 10 people, 15 people. If there was any danger of you being kicked out, that would alert you to go, hang on, something needs to change. I either need to pull me away. I need to stop causing arguments. I need to find a mate. Whatever it is, I need to change something. And that's what, that's what that fear of rejection kind of makes us do is go, right, what needs to change? The thing is with social media and how the world is now, we think our tribe is 7 billion people. And it's not. We can't please everybody. We were never designed to have a tribe so big. The most important people are your family and your friends. That's your tribe. That's who, if there's a danger of being rejected from that, that's when you need to go, does something need to change? But if somebody on the internet, you know, if somebody who's found you, who's once inquired about working with you, who then decides actually you're not right for them, that's going to trigger that same level of Rejection, it's going to trigger that same level of threat because your mind can't differentiate between is that person just a random person on the internet or is, or is it part of my tribe? So it just goes, you know what, let's, let's, be, let's be safe, not sorry. Let's try and please everybody. Let's try and make everybody like us. But that's not what we're, des we're designed to do. So we've just got to remember that, you know, yes, stay in your tribe, your important tribe, but everybody else it doesn't matter. If they reject us, they're not really rejecting us. It feels like rejection because it's triggering that hard wiring, that survival system. And that's really powerful. But if they say no, then they just say no. It doesn't matter. Yes, we'd like them to say yes, because we want to make an impact. We want to help as many people as we can. And we want money in our bank account because we want to go on nice holidays and buy nice things and nice wine and nice restaurants and holidays. We'd like it, we're allowed to be disappointed, but we've got to remember it's not a personal rejection. And the reason it feels so personal, the reason it feels so unbelievably painful is because it's triggering that old system, that, well, that, that current system, but that, that system that we need to be in the tribe. So we've just got to learn to detach from the outcome. You know, sales is just a conversation to understand if you can help somebody or not. That is it. Nothing more, nothing less. And in my eyes, the key to making more sales is to, you know, have a sales process that works, to know your ideal client inside out, to have an offer that is irresistible, that people literally fall over themselves to buy. 
you know what transformation that you bring and to be visible and talk about all that. But at the center of all of that is mindset because nothing else works in that process unless you have your mindset sorted, unless you have this resilient mindset where you can detach from the outcome, you feel comfortable going out there and selling, you're not having this old unhelpful thinking, dragging your back thinking it's sleazy, it's it's selling. It's none of that. It's just having a conversation and saying, you're in pain, you've got a problem, here's a solution. What you do with that information is entirely up to you. Well, thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Now remember, sales really is simple. It might not feel like it now, but I promise you it will. So go out there, show up, be visible and share your offers with your audience because people need your solutions. They need what you're selling. Remember to hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode of Sales Made Simple. Have a great week and I'll catch you next time for another episode.